this is Paula Rhodes, and you're listening to the Sound Architect Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Sound Architect Podcast. My name is Sam Hughes, and I am joined by the lovely Paula Rhodes. Thanks for joining us today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. No problem. It's a pleasure to have you. So before we start talking about your recent role in Resident Evil 7, um, tell us a bit about yourself. How did your acting career begin? Um, you know, I think it's always been something that I wanted to do, but it... Uh... Growing up in the middle of America, uh, it wasn't something that was looked on as a viable occupation <laughs> <laughs> at the time. Uh, so let's see. I actually started by um, entering a, a beauty pageant as a joke to amuse my friends Cool. Uh, in, in school and uh, ended up winning that, surprising oh, wow, everyone, nice. especially my father, I think. <laughs> uh and then I kind of, and I ended up winning the national one, which was really silly. That's awesome, though. Congratulations. And I parlayed that into doing an internship for one of the judges who was an acting coach in New York, uh, in New York City. And um, I kind of learned the, the business side there and realized that it wasn't wasn't quite the pipe dream that I uh, had thought it might be in Missouri. So I, I I moved out to New York for three years and started to kind of just learn all things business there. Um, so I'd never be the girl that didn't know what a union was or what this law meant. Um, and then I, because I am not blessed by the singing and dancing gods, um, <laughs> ended up having to move to LA. And that was a good decision and have been uh, able to to pay the bills, although on occasion uh, by the skin of my teeth, but via <laughs> acting has been really, really wonderful. That's awesome. What a unique story, though. Not many people uh, enter the acting <laughs> career by going into beauty pageants and then... <laughs> By, by just doing a joke for their friends. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think it had always been something I loved and I'd done um, theater in school and, you know, whatever little indie films came my way in Missouri. Um, but uh, but once I actually got to New York uh, and and saw that, you know, it, <laughs> there are a lot of people trying this and yeah. I'm, I'm not the dumbest of them. So I was like, oh, I, I think I can actually pull this off. <laughs> and uh, yeah, had had some luck. I, I I love it. I love doing it. I can't imagine doing anything else and being as happy. And that's when you know you're doing the right thing, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so would you say there was like a, a big break or a turning point that really changed your career and ramped it up? I, I wouldn't, um, especially because, you know, you can walk down most streets and most people still be, be like, Paula who? <laughs> uh, but I would say that it has been a slow and steady climb up the ladder, which is is equally wonderful. I don't, I don't actually think that m most people, myself included, in this profession actually want to get to that like um i want to be so famous and you know not be able to go anywhere without an entourage or have to go to this award show I, I mean if you're doing it for that then good luck i mean i hope that sustains you through all the crazy hard things and having to have such a thick skin and all the rejection <laughs> yeah. but um no i just i love doing it for the the journey of it and the and the people that i meet tend to be my kind of people <laughs> and storytellers in general i guess and all the various types of storytelling that exist now and that are emerging now are, are so exciting. And um, I don't know, it's, it's a really exciting time to be a storyteller. Yeah, definitely. With all the different ways, like you say, the industry is evolving and the way stories are being told, there's so much more opportunities out there. Definitely. I mean, the internet has changed the game for sure. And I was, I was lucky enough to kind of be in a small group of people here in LA that back in 2006 or so were actually doing web series and getting paid for it although you know small amounts but it was it was fun to actually make a little money starting doing that and then see everybody's career kind of take off from there and how now web series are such a, a legitimate 
form of storytelling and, and way of getting your story out there, um, that it's been really great. So whenever I've had free time, which apparently I hate, I guess, uh, <laughs> I've created other shows or teamed up with other people to work on on starting new shows. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And I was going to say, you're you're pretty multi-talented because you, you also write, you produce uh, as well as act. And then I think I even saw a composer credit in there somewhere as well. Uh, I, full disclosure, totally not a composer. That was more out of necessity <laughs> for a short film for a 48-hour film fest. That I was like, I don't have anyone else to do this. I guess I'm going to open up GarageBand and try to do it. Um, so, <laughs> yes, the credit's on there, but it is not a skill that I would brag about. I know some great composers. My husband can compose. A lot of our friends are fantastic composers, but um, I am not in that circle. But I can I can wear a lot of the other hats. I've taught myself uh, skills out of the necessity of indie filmmaking budgets, basically. Yeah. Like, oh, we can't afford that? <laughs> okay, I'll be that too. <laughs> many many hats involved in indie filmmaking <laughs> so is there a moment that you're particularly most proud of in your career so far oh there's a i think i'm thankful to say there's a couple moments that are you know, and i hope there's lots more to come um because each little one is sort of like a a, a wonderful victory you know to get that yeah. call that you've booked something or to see something um move someone enough that they they reach out to you and and um tell you that it you know it made a difference in their lives uh I was really proud of a, a my first lead in a feature film uh with TJ Thine from Bones uh it's called Shuffle nice it's on Netflix now but um that was just a wonderful film that I fought really hard for to get and uh, I was proud of I was really proud of the ElfQuest fan trailer that Stephanie Thorpe and I created uh with our love of a, a comic book that we'd liked since we were kids and awesome. had the first red carpet at the Screen Actors Guild with a lot of uh, really talented web women that we included in the project. And we parlayed that into getting the film and TV rights uh, for a while with, uh, after the WB let them go. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. And uh, currently I'm in uh, our final season, season three of the new adventures of Peter and Wendy, uh, where I play Wendy Darling and also produce. And that's been such a wonderful adventure. Uh, so, I mean, those are some of the highlights. I, I feel like I've been, I've been really lucky so far and i look forward to to more i guess small steps up the ladder <laughs> well they're all very very exciting so you know looking forward to seeing what's coming next <laughs> <laughs> me too so you've obviously been in resident evil 7 recently as young evelyn um but you're no stranger to vo work obviously so was final fantasy type zero your first game uh final fantasy no i think I think I did a uh, Wipeout game first. Oh, yes. Yeah, I think I did see that I as well. And then there was a, um, a, a Grand Theft Auto V I did some voices on. But the funny thing is with video games, uh, a lot a lot of times, I, most often, you don't actually even know the game that you're working on until yeah. it comes out, which is interesting because you'll literally get that call from your agent playing, oh, hey, your game's out today. I'm like, cool, which one? Yeah, what, what am I looking for? <laughs> Yeah, it's like I'm pretty sure I was a hooker. Was that? <laughs> was it? Do, do I um, want to play it? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but Final Fantasy was a really fun one to do, especially because they already have the Japanese versions done. When yeah. they do the English versions of those, so you're getting to hear the the Japanese VO artist um, do their work and then give sort of the English rendition of, which in my first go of it uh, did not translate well. <laughs> <laughs> it must be so hard. Be like though. a really, you know adamant uh, character being like in Japanese I wish I spoke Japanese I don't speak more than a few words um and then I'd be like okay got it and you deliver your lines in the same what, what I thought was the same 
inflection and they would kind of because you can't hear the directors or producers behind the glass and they'd kind of giggle and look at each other and <laughs> come back on and be like yes um she's not mad she's actually very demure and you're like oh i didn't get that okay <laughs> <Let's do it laughs> <Yeah. again." laughs> so on occasion there'd be some lost in translation stuff there but it's such a beautifully animated uh game that it was it was fun to be a part of yeah definitely and was it was it similar with resident evil 7 with like you didn't know what game it was until it was out or did you have a bit more prep i didn't know until we worked on it for about uh six months or so um and i came in later than the rest of the cast a lot of the cast have been already working on it for a full year before i came on oh wow um because a lot of them are in the actual gameplay so they would have had to be oh yeah, recording of course, yeah. For, most of my stuff is the interstitial things um and uh, so I was, I came in <laughs> towards the end of their adventure. Uh, but it was, it was, it was a really cool experience. That was my first adventure with uh, motion capture. Oh, wow. Nice. So uh, was, what was the audition process like? Was it similar to others where you just kind of got a brief description or? It was, um, it was unique and, and really, I wish there were, uh, more of them like this actually. Uh, funny story. I had my son and, uh, the day I had him in the hospital, my, my epidural had not worn off. <laughs> I got a call and I thought that it was family because it looked kind of similar to a family member. And I answered <laughs> it and ended up being uh, the producers of the game seeing if I'd come in to read because I'd gotten my um, my name from um, another trusted colleague of theirs uh, who referred me, which was wonderful. I wish I wish that was how it worked more often. Usually you're doing, you know, multiple auditions a night and sending them in and you may or may not ever hear again, Yeah, uh, which is fun. I do. I love the VO audition process, but this was, this was great. <laughs> <Get to> call <laughs> and, hey, in. Um, so I, I informed them that I hadn't just had a baby and I couldn't come in the next day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Probably soon. And luckily they were, wonderful people and a lot of them were parents themselves and were like and uh especially one of them who was a mother she was like don't worry about it coming in like three weeks um so we we went in uh to the studio and i brought my son and my husband with me so he's this tiny little bundle no. um, and they had a bunch of the capcom execs and stuff there so you have you know your 20 people gathered around you in a motion capture studio which is a, a very big open space usually in yeah. sort of a a, a taped off square in the middle and they're like okay this is a cell um go ahead you can do the scene just you know you come through the wall and do the scene <laughs> you're like okay cool let's do it uh, so we did it a couple times i think she had an accent originally they'd requested and then they had me do it uh without an accent and then switched it up and we're like okay so there's an old lady in the scene can you now just read the old lady <laughs> and i was like oh yes let's try it <laughs> and um, I thought I was horrible, actually. I walked out of there and was like, oh, well, that was my worst audition in a while. <laughs> Sorry, honey. Uh, but I was I was thrilled that they didn't think that. And they ended up calling me, uh, I think, later that day to book me, which was great. I think uh, because of the motion capture aspect of it, the height requirement was uh, working in my favor because <laughs> they needed somebody much smaller than the other actors. And I am only five feet tall, which is what, like a, like a meter and a half-ish, I guess, for the metric systems out there um but yeah <laughs> so yay being short working my favor <laughs> yeah, yeah but that's awesome that, like that was such a kind of unique process as well it was very well but i love working with that studio now they do they do a number of other projects that i'm, I'm thrilled to to be a part of but yeah it was fun it was crazy and wild and 
gave me such a respect for everybody involved in the game industry on the motion capture side um, from stunts on down, just because there's an enormous amount of imagination required when oh, you're yeah. working in just a blank space with a, you know, two by four as a door and, you know, you're sitting <laughs> on a chair as a bed and you have dots all over your face and you're interacting <laughs> as realistically as possible with somebody who also has dots and a camera hanging off her head. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's another level of being able to, to utilize your imagination, but it was so fun. It was really fun. We often had no idea what was going on because they are pretty secretive about the gameplay. So they'd hand us scripts that out of context, seemed really unusual. <laughs> You'd be like, wait, so just, I just want to clarify, I vomit mold? Okay, just cool. I just want to check. <laughs> yeah, just wanted to make a note, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, it involved a lot of just agreeing and going with the flow and uh, and giving it a whirl and then letting them kind of adjust as need be. <laughs> but it was, it was such a great group of people to play with. Um, I'm really thankful for the opportunity. It was fun. Yeah, it sounds like And it. I think we found out finally uh, shortly before the game came out which game it was, which I kind of had put together at last Comic-Con when I was down there and saw that um, they had like a, a recreation of the house. Ah. Uh, and you could walk through it. And I was like, this looks really familiar. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw that tape somewhere. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, I have to ask as well, like you mentioned an accent before. What was the accent that you tried originally with Evelyn? Uh, that particular one, I want to say, was a Southern, I think like a Mississippi oh, okay, specific, cool. if I remember correctly, or Creole. Or, oh, gosh. They had, I mean, they had us go through a couple. Oh, right. Okay. And we do a lot of uh, various accents. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I actually lived in, in London for a while. I did a, oh, really? a, a stint there studying at Imperial College. And uh, so, yeah, sometimes I'll break out. I have a number of things that I can thank being able to fake a UK accent. Probably not nearly as well as all of the UK actors can can fake American accents. But Well, still. you know what I'm going to ask now, don't you? <laughs> oh, you want me to do it? <laughs> <laughs> you, put, you, you put yourself in the spotlight now. Come on. Oh, no, I did. All right. Um, okay, so I'm going to listen to yours a little bit. You can try. So, uh, <laughs> try. Yeah. Hello, I'm Sam. I have moved around a lot, so it's very neutral. You have moved, yeah. I hear little bits of it. But you're very proper speaking, yeah? <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, no, mostly I listen to a lot of YouTube videos and then pick up little bits to see um, if I can get the specifics of the area if a character requires it. Um, I will say I've done a lot of Irish ones, which is kind of well, I think because of the red hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on camera, like, oh, you're Irish. <laughs> uh, but yeah, for different uh, cartoons and things, I'll yeah, touch another character and be like, just make this one. Yeah, you know, vaguely Slavic. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, but it's fun. I think that's one of the reasons that, that voiceover is is such a fun playground to play in is because you can be, you know, a pretzel and a princess and a goblin all in the same day. Oh, it's amazing, <laughs> and, isn't it? It's like one of the coolest jobs in the world. Yeah. I mean, a lot more variation than just um, a sh short redhead girl. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't that bad, you know, but it's cool to be other fantasy creatures as well. No, no. I, I still get to play around with that a little bit too. But um, but yes, a lot of range you can play with. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I'm curious. So how much did they tell you about Evelyn like while you were recording? I mean, for starters, did you know you were the bad guy, so to speak, in the game? I put that together rather quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's not nice, but... <laughs> right, from the side. And I think they gave me a little bit of insight into her. Uh, you end up with a sheet that basically gives you some 
character personality traits, vocal traits, mm -hmm. um, and how they view certain other characters, uh, which was great because that kind of gives you enough to make some choices off of, and then they can kind of, the directors can kind of volley you around, sure, um, accordingly, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but I think whenever I've gotten to play a villain, which is so fun, and I. I don't I don't look like the stereotypical villain, so on camera I very rarely get to do it. Um, but it's fun when you get to. <laughs> uh, what you have to realize though is that nobody thinks that they're a villain in their own mind. Like nobody's the mustache twister um inside. They all course, yeah. have a reason for what they're doing and it makes total sense to them and and everybody else is just against them. Yeah. You know, if they're not getting in line. So I, I think I approached Evelyn from that same sense, not of like here's me being a bad guy but this is me pursuing what i want and how dare anybody else you know try to take that from me well, yeah. she just wants a family uh exactly. but yeah she was she was intriguing and i i i liked uh, the universe they created and i will say like we saw early animation when they when we were working on it which still looked cool but then when you see the final walkthroughs it's like oh that turned out much better than i even thought <laughs> they they know their stuff over there Oh yeah, it's a great looking game, <laughs> and great sounding as well. Thank you, and thank I mean all of the whole uh, cast was pretty incredible. They were really fun to work with. Yeah, and I was going to ask as well. Obviously, in some of the mocap scenes, did you work with the other actors? But most of the time, were you kind of isolated? Almost all the time, we were with the other actors. Oh, excellent. Um, the only times we were by ourselves in a like just a voiceover booth was if they were picking up a few snippets or redoing something that maybe the sound wasn't perfect on um trying to think if there are a few moments there are a few moments of like being at the top of the stairs and screaming or uh i think actually parts of the end the big battle at the end and stuff we did just in the voiceover booth just because it was so vocally yeah taxing that they want to make sure you can do it enough times <laughs> and it wasn't contingent on all these other performances coming together too but yeah it was it was mostly very collaborative with the other actors which is also unique to voiceover world I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, usually with video games, you're just kind of pretending to have this interaction with the other characters. So it must have been really nice. It was. <laughs> so is there anything that you would have said is the biggest challenge when voicing Evie? Biggest challenge? Um, well, being a, a very brand new mother in the beginning was a little bit of a challenge with the, <laughs> the motion <laughs> capture suits. Uh, when I did have to take breaks to pump or something, that was interesting. <laughs> Not typical challenges most people nor even myself have to deal with. Um, but but they were terribly accommodating. Uh, uh, let's see. Locally, I mean, I sound like a kid or I, I, apparently an animal sometimes. Um, uh, which are, you know, basically in my wheelhouse of characters. So uh, she wasn't terribly far off. I just youthened her up, youthened her down. Yes, sure. Uh, <laughs> we'll okay. go with that. <laughs> um, I will say some of the, you know, when you do have to do the prolonged screaming are lots of vomiting sounds. It can be a little challenging <laughs> <laughs> after a while. But uh, again, it was a great production team, great director uh, who who were also very understanding of that and, and took care of our voices, which um, isn't always the case and is really appreciated when they are. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. So have you been to any of the Comic-Cons since the release and met any of the fans of the game? Um, not since the release. No, I tend to go, because I'm in Los Angeles, I do tend to go to uh, San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con and uh, to WonderCon, sometimes Stanley's Kamikaze 
I guess formerly known as Kamikaze or whatever it is now. Um, on occasion, I've gone to other ones, but not not too often yet. And having a, a toddler um, and and full disclosure, uh, number two on the way right now. Oh wow! Uh, Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I'm not sure I'll make it to Comic Con in year. Hmm. Because uh, I think this guy's due right around the same time. <laughs> but probably we'll go to WonderCon um, here. I guess it's in Anaheim by Disneyland. Uh, but I, I keep up my professional status, so I can't always kind of swing by. And I, I often do a lot of like a panel here or there, and I'll kind of schedule my other appearances around that, which largely involves being a fan because there's always so much fun stuff to see oh, at yeah. Comic Con and people to connect with. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure after after this year and and uh, getting the middle ones slightly older, I'll be back on the, the circuiting. <laughs> yeah, and that'd be awesome. I mean, my my next question was going to be: Is there any chance of us seeing you in the UK anytime soon? But I guess I guess not. But probably not super soon. <laughs> I feel like traveling with a toddler and or newborn sounds like torture. Yes, uh, <laughs> for the long flight. But uh, but I definitely look forward to to bringing the boys over there when they're a little bit older and um but I, I love the uk i've traveled quite a bit around there and i loved living there and uh i certainly hope so i think we almost went to rain dance uh last year oh, which cool. was a, a film festival there for um new adventures of peter and wendy um so so yes i hope that opportunities continue to arise because i i would love to go back yeah that'd be awesome so I'm just curious, you've worked on multiple types of projects now that have been video games, TV series, animated series. What has been kind of the the trickiest part of being that diverse? Huh. I mean, I suppose if I were uh, a few more steps up the ladder, the scheduling might be more difficult. Right now, it works out pretty wonderfully. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Very often, very, very often, you're not having to compete with multiple jobs on the same day, and you can kind of like schedule around things. Um, it all feels like the same muscles, I guess, to me that you're using. Uh, same set of skills, give or take a few extra yeah. um, layers. So I, I haven't had a problem juggling between the various uh, mediums, I guess. Uh, although I will say, voiceover is lovely in that you can, you know, audition in your pajamas if need be, oh, and yeah. or. Um, as long as you don't have a cold, you're pretty pretty much good to go. <laughs> yeah, just rock up and uh, there you go. <laughs> right, and I, I'm really lucky that a lot of the studios are pretty close to where I live, so I can I can you know don't have to battle much LA traffic to get there. Oh man, LA traffic is the worst. Oh yes, uh, but I, oh gosh, challenge. You know, I, probably the same as any actor. The the rejection uh, that one initially has to get used to. Yeah. It can be a beast. You have, I mean, I think any artist uh, sometimes deals with that, like, oh, I'm the worst. I should just give up. <laughs> I was meant to do this. Um, feelings probably, you know, uh, cyclically often. <laughs> but then you know, the next call for an audition comes and you're like, never mind. I was born to do this. Um, so it, that weird neurotic way that we all have as artists, <laughs> I suppose it's, it's challenging to, to hold on to hope. But, um, but I, I think I've been really lucky there. And um, a after sustaining it for so long, you get to the point that it becomes a little easier to just be like, no, it's cool. Something else is coming. Uh, so, yeah, I think initially getting over the thin skin enoughness of it or being able to take direction and not have it affect you negatively, realizing it's, you know, helping you get to what where you need to be for that performance as opposed to like, oh, they think I'm awful <laughs> um, is 
a learning curve, but a good one once you get over it. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Well, I was going to ask, actually. So obviously one of the first things, like you say, in, in acting and voice acting and all, all acting professions really is dealing with rejection. So, I mean, what, what kind of advice would you give to people out there considering a career in voice acting or acting in general um, on how to deal with that? Well, you know, I, you see so many, for lack of a better word, harsh pieces of advice uh, to actors starting off as far as like, if you can do anything else, do it, because this is so hard. Um, <laughs> and I suppose to some extent, sure. But I don't know. I've never quite found that terribly helpful. I feel like if people want to try it, they're going to try it. Yeah. And those who are cut out for it are going to make it. And those who aren't, they will maybe use it as a jumping off point to something else that they are great at. Um, I don't think honing your storytelling skills hurts in any profession. Uh, so I never think it's time wasted. But for advice, I would say, and this is maybe just because I'm, I, I have a pretty strong left brain approach to it too. But um, learn as much as you can. Uh, take the time that's slow in the beginning to, even if you can't, you know, afford a fancy school, educate yourself as far as the history that came before, who's involved in the industry now, uh, people you admire. Uh, pieces of work that have inspired you. Just find out everything you can. Um, volunteer on student films, or if you can, maybe ask to um, sit in on a VO session so you can watch somebody work. Um, any way you can get your feet wet, I guess, and really kind of get your mind around stuff, I find helpful. Yeah. Uh, because if there's one quick way to get you out of a room, it's it's when you show complete, you know, greenness or ignorance in something <laughs> that you really should know when you're there um so just take the time to be prepared if it's really something you're passionate about then then take off that big bite and really you know dedicate some time to learning it because that that will weed out the people that are just there to do it as a hobby yeah. versus the ones that are really willing to put in the the, the chomps i guess if i'm going with my biting analogy <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i can already tell that you have such a positive outlook on on most of it already i mean you're constantly smiling which is amazing um <laughs> And I was just gonna gonna say that you know taking that positive attitude forward, um, like you say, it's the one who put the ones who put the work in are the ones who really want it. Yeah, and like I said, you have to be motivated by that by that journey. You're never guaranteed to get to the point of like a lister or ever guaranteed to walk any red carpets. So don't do it for that. Oh yeah, or else it's too hard a slog. But if you really are in it because you love the process of it, then, then you're going to win. You're already going to be able to live your dream at some point. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, getting paid for it. You know, that, that comes later. <laughs> but, uh, like I said, we're in a great uh, era where you can actually create a lot of your own work and a lot of your own first credits because nobody's going to believe in you until you do. And if you can show that you can put in the time, the effort um, to create something, it, it only, you know, not only teaches you, but also shows that you're serious about your craft. Yeah. Yeah. So do it, you know, make a, make a podcast. A lot of people are, are parlaying that from, uh, or from, you know, just a, a YouTube channel into serious income and or selling shows to networks now. So do it. I don't know. What's stopping you? Yeah, exactly. And it's only getting easier to create content, right? It's getting easier all the time. I mean, if I can learn to edit anyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't envy you there. Video editing is not one of my strongest <laughs> skills. It's the reason I stick to audio. <laughs> Uh, doing the sound editing that's something you got to learn for vo too because we do a lot of our our voiceover auditions at home and then you'll have to edit out all the little 
you know, mouth clicks and breathing and the sirens that go by or whatnot. Oh, yeah, all too. the background so, traffic. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I should get cute dogs to bark outside. Uh, but yeah, it's any little skill you can get. You should basically try to make yourself a one person studio. Yeah, definitely. Especially these days with the amount of software that's just there. True. Then nothing can stop you. Now, I wanted to ask you as well, you were talking before about um, focus on your role models and people to aspire uh, to, really. And uh, I wanted to ask, who who inspired you? Who were you kind of aspiring to be when you were first starting to act? When I first started to act, um, I was inspired by a lot of people. Julianne Moore, I think, was one that I, I saw some stuff that I was like, ooh, I like that. She did. I, think, I, think, I think I might be able to do that part. Um, uh, Christian Chenoweth, although I can't sing or dance. Oh boy, I wish I could. Um, <laughs> it was great. Vera Farmiga, I loved how she could completely transform herself. Um, and those were just modern day examples. I mean, I liked like Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin and the physicality of that. Um, and then when I moved here and got into to voiceover, I loved kind of finding out who had voiced characters that I loved or, you know, um, meeting other voiceover actors because it is a terribly supportive community. I will say. Oh yeah. Voiceover is great for that. You can sit in a waiting room with some, somebody who's 80 and 12 going in for the same role and you're all rooting for each other as opposed to the sometimes mean girl stares that you can get <laughs> for on camera uh, stuff. Um, but no, that gosh, there's so many wonderful inspirations. And then every time I add another hat, I, I tend to find somebody else that I'm like, Oh, that person's awesome. Um, I studied with Susan Batson in New York City, oh, who nice. was terribly inspiring at helping you find kind of your own method, as it were, of combining other people's methods, what worked for you. And she was she was great. She ran a, a studio, which I think has been renamed, but it was called Black Nexus at the time. And she was coaching like Nicole Kidman. We had uh, Julia Armand would come into classes and do something when uh, Sean Combs or P. Diddy or whatever his name was at the time uh, <laughs> would do Broadway. He would come in and work on stuff. And it was it was inspiring to see just working actors and they're working on scenes alongside us who just felt like we were, you know, just the, the rough and scrabble, just just starting out actors. Yeah. Um, so it, uh, she was she was influential to me as well. Uh, there's been a lot. I think it would it would not behoove one to just have one or two people that you're like, this is the end all goal for me. Um, because that one's already taken. Yeah. Like I like having pieces of people's careers that have inspired me, but yeah, I don't know. I also liked, um, who I, I can, I've often been in contention with for auditions because <laughs> we have similar voices, but, uh, Kristen Bell, uh, is great. She's been able to, to balance the family and work life stuff with this pretty darn well. And, um, and that inspires me. So, yeah, there's a lot. You take a big bunch of people and like mash them together into a super Voltron of voice and acting skills and then use that as my inspiration. That sounds perfect. You know, there's no reason why you can't have a lot of inspiration. True. <laughs> so when you first um, tried out voiceover, was there a kind of process that you had to go through where you, you kind of learned how to perform differently? Because or... obviously it's a, it's a different skill set in a way, isn't it? It is. I mean, it's voice acting. So uh, I think... Although there are plenty of voice actors who are not on-camera actors as well, it can give you an advantage to already have um, a knowledge of your the rest of your instrument. Um, I started off by taking a class um, that somebody had referred me to. That's just a casting studio that did voice over here. And um, it was taught by a casting director, 
who did voiceover stuff. And they kind of added me to their Rolodex of people that they would call in after the class. And I ended up booking, I think, a Honda commercial. Oh, wow. I think in Florida or somewhere just kind of random uh, first. And I... I don't know that I recommend this approach, but I, <laughs> I, I had a commercial agent at the time, but not a voiceover agent. And voiceover agents are really hard to get. Yeah. And I walked, the commercial agent happened to have a voiceover division as well. And they, uh, it was headed by the same person. So I, I think I just walked into the voiceover division and said that I had a meeting with the head of the department. Nice. <laughs> and we're like, you do? I was like, yes, I do. Don't check the book. I'm here. <laughs> They were like, okay. And luckily he knew me from the commercial department and brought me back. And I, I informed him that I'd booked this voiceover commercial and I was uh, happy to give them the commission if they'd start setting me out for voiceover. And he kind of, you know, looked me over and asked what other voices I could do. And I just gave him a big rundown of a bunch of them and examples and just did a bunch in the office. And uh, he was like, all right, start sending me out. So nice. uh, I, I lucked out there, I think, with my foot in the door. For my first voiceover agent. <laughs> well, I don't know. Luck is uh, one of my favorite phrases. Is that luck is the combination? Is it a little too ballsy to get it. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, That's some, not some good stones there. How, you, how one gets representation. <laughs> uh, and this time, this time around, when I got the agent I'm with now, which I love, um, Atlas, it was a, it was a tougher journey because I think I, I had four shows I was doing and I still could barely get a meeting with anybody because they were like, ah, we need to have like ten shows on. So it was tough but when I finally got a meeting and, and, and ended up getting offered uh to sign with them it was definite victory so uh yes getting an agent is a, is a tough part but you can do a lot of startup work uh without one so I definitely recommend always being your your first your own first agent I suppose yeah. <laughs> excellent um so yeah I wanted to ask you just mentioned that you uh you did quite a few different voices when you managed to get in there is there any kind of key um character voices that you do any kind of really key ones that you would go to really key ones oh gosh i hope i don't use the same ones over and over again but it's possible uh <laughs> well maybe like um some some key strengths key strengths I th like i said i think uh, kids and or cutesy animal type sounds yeah. seem to be something that my voice is uniquely suited for <laughs> um picking up random accents is also one that i i use a lot to help differentiate or adding a little lisp here and there um I think what I find really helpful is if they include a picture of the character, yeah. because a lot of times just seeing it and seeing a little breakdown about them can really help you, for lack of a better word, kind of slip into their skin, their 2D animated skin, if <laughs> <laughs> often, um, and come up with a fun voice of what you think that, that might sound like. Um, I think way too many years of actually watching cartoons and playing games probably aided me there. And or having a dad who read books to me in various voices oh, probably also helps. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if there's a um, go-to. I mean, anything probably in the, the 18 and under range is, <laughs> is definitely a little house. But I like challenging myself too and, and getting adding new ones to the list all the time, <laughs> which on occasion you get to do in this industry. Yeah, I mean, you get to explore and uh, you can find a voice in, you know, who knows where. <laughs> So what else lies in the future for you now then? Can you tell us much about what you've got coming up? Oh, um, let's see. Well, like I said, we have a season three airing now on newpeterwendy.com. Cool. Um, which is the wrap-up of the new Adventures of Peter and Wendy story. And, and all two seasons before that are up there as well. We've won a, a lot of awards for that and have, I think, just over two million hits uh, so far. Wow. And that's been really 
wonderful adventure with wonderful fans and a great transmedia experience where you can role play along in Neverland, Ohio. And let's see, so that's a fun one you can check out now. I also have, I believe, two other games coming out soon, although I think they signed away your firstborn child or something. <laughs> yeah, the good old NDA. Yeah, wow. But they're, they're pretty, pretty well known, uh, totally different characters than Evelyn, uh, but some really cool ones I'm excited about. Um, and I just did an episode of uh, The Last Tycoon, which will be Amazon's show uh, on Escott. Fitzgerald's unfinished novel in the 1930s. Oh, cool. Hollywood-esque, which was really fun. And very hard to hide the baby bump in. I think that was probably the last time I could hide it. <laughs> Loads of covert operations going on. Uh, but yeah, a couple, those are some of the ones I have coming up shortly. And I well, I try to keep people updated on um, various social media and otherwise on, uh, I have officialpolaroads.com that I update whenever stuff comes up to. Awesome. We'll have a link on that below as well. So how do you end up giving back to the community? I mean, you must you work with other voice actors or help people get started in the industry at all? Uh, I have, and I think that's been some of the, uh, my favorite memories. Uh, I can't take a lot of credit for it because, you know, they have to put in their own work. But if I can encourage anybody to, to follow their dreams uh, in a responsible, you know, not reckless way, you know, <laughs> if you've got $2 to your name and whatnot, maybe, you know, save up a little bit first. Um, but I do think it's important to do something that you love because I think everybody's able to contribute to society in general more when they don't hate what they do. Yeah, it helps. Uh, and there's there's so many ways in which that can be expressed right now. I, I have a friend who's creating, you know, a wonderful um, application for teachers to help them teach through uh, song and dance and stuff because those are her passions. And I, and I think that's wonderful. Um, I've helped my dad be able to pursue his arts um, with doing murals and, and ceramics. And things. Oh, that's awesome. And it, the change you see in people when they first stop doing, you know, what they're supposed to do and take that initial very scary step often um, to, to at least try to do something that they really love yeah. or would love to see themselves in. I, I think that's just, it's magical for lack of another word. And I, I would hope that other people, you know, face that challenge <laughs> with bravery and take the leap off the edge a little bit with, you know, full knowledge and research ahead of time. <laughs> Just to clarify. Um, but you, know, you can reach out to anybody, anybody that inspires you. If you have a question, you can find me on, on Twitter and otherwise. And, and it's, it's not that hard to make a connection with people and to, to get great advice or, you know, be pointed in a good direction, if nothing else. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the worst they can do is just ignore you or I, I guess they could write something mean, give or take a few people on Twitter or the internet. But, um, you know, words, words can't hurt you. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And it's wonderful that you give back to the community and it sounds awesome about your dad as well. Oh, thank you. Yes, I'm very, very happy for him. <laughs> now I've got a fun question to finish off with then before we let you go. So, okay. if you could have a drink with anyone, alive or dead, who would it be? Fun question. Uh, if I'm being completely honest, the producer in me who doesn't have a burning desire to sit down with anybody specifically at the moment would probably see it as an opportunity to open it up to the public and see if someone could convince me how or why I should meet with a particular person. <laughs> and I'd probably film it and probably sell this show to, I mean, I'm sure the BBC would be interested, right? Oh, yeah. Like that sounds like something else. Or History Channel or something, at least. Well, this is the pitch and right here. I would, right. And I would use it to uh, hopefully uh, 
benefit the careers of my myself and friends and um you know maybe solve one of mankind's mysteries too <laughs> depending on who who ends up winning the contest <laughs> yeah so basically it's a reality show uh <laughs> for self and human ben- benefit that work yeah that sounds great <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be one of the most interesting answers i've ever had to that question <laughs> Awesome. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you today, Paula. Thanks for joining us on the show. Oh, thanks so much. It's great talking to you too. And we hope to have you back on the show again soon. Cool. Let's do it. Thank you for listening to the Sound Architect podcast, sponsored by Krotos Limited, creators of Simple Monsters and Dehumanizer. Don't forget, you can also catch all of our great reviews and other articles at our website at www.thesoundarchitect.co.uk. If you would like to support The Sound Architect, please check out our sponsorship link as well as our Patreon.